after planning out my entire year, you guys, we had events planned, we had retreats booked, we had every single month we were going to a different city in the United States. It was going to be live and direct. And you know what? Lesson number one, God said no. (laughs) He just straight up said, nope, that's not what we're going to do right now. And I was like, okay. Welcome to the Push Podcast. Why push? Because a nudge is just too friendly. And friend, we're here to help you get your shit together. I'm Eddie. And I'm Janelle. And we're the Copelands. We've got three daughters, two businesses, a mortgage, and lots of responsibilities. So just like you, we're struggling to find that perfect balance of ambitious go-getter hustle while still staying present, loving our kids, and working on our relationship. (laughs) And doing the laundry, going to the grocery store. Oh, and don't forget being mindful. Yeah, all of the stuff. (laughs) So if you're juggling all the things, but you're also trying to get to the next level, guess what? You're in the right place. So get ready to be pushed. Hey guys, welcome back to the Push Podcast. I'm Janelle. And I'm Eddie. And you have something to say. I do? Yeah. You said you had a what in the world. Yeah, so I do have a what in the world. I don't think it's funny, but it was really powerful. Wait, is it sad? It's not sad. Oh. So, you know, it was interesting because we were watching the Will Smith mm. um, reunion. Uh-huh. Fresh Prince of Bel-Air Fresh Prince reunion. Bel-Air, which I have forgotten how much I loved that show and mm-hmm. how funny it was. I think it was more funnier now mm-hmm. than when I was younger watching it. And one of the things that was really interesting is that they replaced Aunt Viv, mm-hmm. right? So Aunt Viv, after, after the third se- mm-hmm. season, got replaced. And it was kind of an abrupt, just like, oh, all of a sudden, mm-hmm. there was a new person. I think they made one joke reference on the show from it that I remember. Mm-hmm. And then she was gone, right? Right, And um, I think her name was Janet. Right. I don't remember her last name. Yep. But I guess it was over a feud, mm-hmm. right? And so I guess there was a big issue between her and the producers and Will Smith. And this turned into a 30 year feud mm-hmm. 30 years long ass time to hold and so a grudge. My what in the world is is because one of the things that we saw was she lost like her livelihood because mm-hmm. of this right yeah. because she was basically blackballed and like couldn't in get any work in hollywood and she was a well-renowned actress on, on actress singer, singer dancer from juilliard over right and I was like, what in the world? Like, what? Did, and then my, well, I'm so curious because I want to know what did she do? She said she lost her home. Mm-hmm. She lost everything. Well, so she was making a lot of money on the show. Yeah. She had a three-month-old baby. She was in an abusive relationship with her husband. So I would imagine going through a divorce, losing your job, trying to be a new mother. That's a lot. That is a lot. That's horrible. So, but the point is, is she was resentful and held on to this yeah. angst towards Will Smith. And she looked at the last 30 years like he robbed her. She said, I served a 30-year sentence. I think I No, she said, I served a 30-year life sentence for what you did. Right. And then, like that, I just snapped my finger. I don't know if you can hear that or not. She forgave him. Right. And I was like, whoa. Yeah. Like, So is your what in the world the grievance for three decades? (laughs) Or is it that- like that, she can forgive. Right. Well, I think what what was forgiving was that he he participated in the reconciliation process mm-hmm. of like owning his part. Right. Right. But I just thought it was remarkable for you to lose your livelihood. Like I'm a pretty forgiving person, but if I lost my livelihood because 
of some back room conversations mm-hmm. or someone thought that I wasn't, uh, you know, uh, didn't work well with people, whatever right. the case may be. Well, you got to remember, though, get any more work anymore. This is in the 90s. She's yeah. a dark skinned black woman. She right. said there already weren't any women of color that on were television. dark like her right. on television. Um, so she took that seriously. She said that the rumors were going around that she was the angry black woman, difficult to work with. And so she just couldn't get a job. Right. So that's tough. That is tough. But, uh, you know, I'm just going to tell you, though, to hold anger for 30 years. It sounds exhausting. Well, that is exhausting. But when you can't get a job, I think you get renewed with anger every single time. Mm -hmm. Yeah, you're reminded every time you can't get work. That yeah. this has happened because of a particular person mm-hmm. or a group of individuals that just felt that you were difficult. Right. Not because you did something wrong, not because you said something out of line, mm-hmm. not because you harassed someone. Mm-hmm. You just showed up to work and people didn't like your attitude. Right. So here's the thing, though. The interesting part of that was Will Smith was pretty much to blame. He said, yeah. I was 21 years old. I wasn't creating a professional work environment. She was Juilliard trained. She was expecting a certain level of professionalism. He wasn't providing that. So because he was perceiving that as she was being difficult, you know, he basically said, let's offer her a deal that she's going to say no to and we'll just move on. Yeah. And I think that's so interesting because the thing I loved most about the situation was that He's evolved so much. I mean, he's what, 50 now? And this was a Will Smith from 21 years old. When you're 21, you're not developed. If you're 20 in your 20s right now, I'm going to tell you, you don't know shit. You just don't. You're 21 with power. Right. And you're not developed. (laughs) And your insecurities still come out. And now you have power and money. And you just think, ah, well, whatever. Let's just move on. Right. So fast forward 30 years later, you're a totally different human. He focused on growth and development and all these things over the last couple of years and realized this was the one issue in his life that he never had addressed. And he knew that this woman hated him and that's not what he wanted on his conscience. And with the reunion coming up, he wanted to reach out to her and reconcile what he did. That was super interesting. And I highly recommend you guys go watch the uh, Red Table Talk because it's interesting, one, to see how the feud comes to an end. But I think what you'll find amazing is that he literally gives you tips for how to reconcile, how to be in the middle of a beef and just listen. Right. He had like this whole acronym, L-U-V, I think it was. Yeah. Like listen, listen understand. understand. Validate. Right. And I thought that was powerful. And, and the listen part was, it was huge, was a lot of times when someone is giving you direct feedback, mm-hmm. I mean, 30 years right. of anger and feedback that you may have a legitimate reason to mm-hmm. respond and defend yourself, mm-hmm. but that's not the time. So it was what I enjoyed the most about it was, you know, this is their first time getting together in 30 years and she unleashes and she just says, oh, he asked her, I want the feedback, right? right. I never understood your experience because my experience was different. That's the lesson I want our listeners to hear. First of all, when you're in the middle of a grievance or an argument or a disagreement with a friend, a coworker, a spouse, you're having a different experience than they are. And so you need to understand that there's always multiple sides to the story. There's your side, their side and the truth. Right. And I thought the psychologist that was on there did a really great job. I'm obsessed with her. She said, 
you did a fantastic job. She asked you why you did what you did. And you turned it around and said, and said I don't know how you I, yeah, experienced before I this. Before I tell you my experience, right. what was your experience? Because I don't know what you experienced. And the reason why that was powerful, she said, what you did there is that you you put it back on her to give you her experience mm-hmm. so that you didn't have competing narratives. Right. Because he would have gave his side of the story and then she would have probably jumped in because she was the one that was mm-hmm. heard and gave her side of stories. And then she said you would have competing narratives mm-hmm. instead of a situation where you can reconcile. Which right. I thought was so that's kind of what I was saying. Like he asked her and think about like for you guys, if you're in the middle of an argument, do you ask someone, hey, I know we're having a, a misunderstanding right now, but tell me what you're experiencing because it's likely we're both experiencing something different. Right. That's so powerful in oh itself, right? 100%. So then she tells him, and then the issue that I think most people have is you're listening, nodding your head, but you want the other person to shut up so that you can say, well, that's not what I meant. I didn't mean to hurt your feelings. You, you know, you were being sensitive or I had a bad day or, and so immediately you get into the justification of why you did it. If you watch the red table talk, not one time did he really give justification, right? right? Only after she had explained that he took everything from her. And imagine I was like thinking if I'm in his shoes and she's telling him, you took everything from me. Yeah. Immediately, I want to say, I'm so sorry. Let me explain to you why I did this or what happened. Right. It's, it's like a natural instinct, right? But he said, the first thing he said, he says, I was 21 and I was as asleep and as unconscious as you could possibly be. But he didn't say that immediately, though. No, That's no, my point. No, he validated. He, uh, he said he understood and he mm-hmm. validated her and he validated her feelings. Mm-hmm. And, I th- and, I, and before I go there, I think what what's so important is that what you said, when people like listen mm-hmm. and not try to justify why mm-hmm. they did what they did, mm-hmm. because I think that's what people think. People think, oh, they think apologizing is what people want to hear. Mm-hmm. No, apology is not what people want to hear. People want to make sure you understand and you really get their pain because Yes, you are experiencing something different. And the key is, is if do you have the empathy and the capacity to really uh, take that person in and say, I understand what you're saying. I can see how me saying these things can really hurt you. Yeah. And he did a great job of yeah, that. For so sure. go watch the Red Table Talk with Will Smith and Janet, at, a.k.a. Aunt Viv. <laughs> I think that there are so many great lessons in that conversation if you're ready for them. I know right. I was watching like, Oh my God, not one time is he justifying anything. It almost was a little uncomfortable because he was just letting her go and go hard and go harder on him. And he was just taking it, taking it, taking it to the point where, I don't know if you caught this, she apologized first. He didn't even have to apologize. She just wanted to let out all that frustration. She wanted to be heard. She wanted to be recognized. She wanted him to understand all of the pain she had gone through. And I think that that, to me, was the most powerful. And, but also what was powerful was she was emotionally intelligent and mature to understand he can't give it all back to her. Mm-hmm. So a lot of times when people are so angry in their mind, they want what was taken away. I want back. something. I want retribution. Mm-hmm. I want, You're a big movie star. Pay yeah. for all my back I time. Want, yeah. I, I want you to pay. Right. Like you want the other person to have pain. And and then she also made a really clear distinction too, and I, and I hope you guys get this because there's so many lessons in that. She said, "I didn't hate you; I hated what you did." Right. 
and, and then th- they hugged it out yeah. and moved on. And here you, there you go. Yeah, I thought that was powerful. So I, I mean, did too. I think if we live in a world where more people practice, like getting listening to un- and understanding, listening, understanding, and then also if you are hurt by someone, like understanding. And I think she went in with a good intentions or like giving him the best intentions, mm-hmm. knowing that like as soon as he said. Like she wanted to know something about his experience. As soon as he said, I mean, I was 21. She goes, yes, you were. Mm-hmm. Right. So she understood. She already knew why yeah, he did it. He, she understood that he was young. He mm-hmm. was out of control. Mm-hmm. And then like, obviously she didn't know the backstory and he didn't know her backstory, right. what she was going through every single day and why she was showing up to work the way she was showing mm-hmm. up. So I just thought it was a really powerful thing. And I thought that was my what in the world. I was really impressed by it. And I think anytime you see a high level of grace and forgiveness, great. I think it's a powerful thing. It shows the strength of a person. Yeah, yeah. I love that. So perfect. Good what in the world. Yeah. Go watch the Red Table Talk. Uh, we're not getting paid for this, by the way, but if Will and Jada want to shout out the Push podcast, that'd be super awesome. Yeah. Okay, so with 30 days left in 2020, I cannot believe this year has flown by, right? Last yeah. year around this time, we were doing podcast episodes on goal setting and like getting your shit together and planning your most perfect 2020. (laughs) And if you're anything like the Copelands, you followed our directions and you mapped out your entire 2020. And I'm just going to tell you, we have five lessons that we want to share with you today that 2020 has taught us. And I'm going to dive right in. The very first thing I learned in 2020 after planning out my entire year, you guys, we had events planned. We had retreats booked. We had every single month we were going to a different city in the United States. It was going to be live and direct. And you know what? Lesson number one, God said no. <laughs> he just straight up said, nope, that's nope. not what we're going to do right now. And yeah. I was like, okay. So yeah. the lesson <laughs> is, and I do think that this is powerful. Like you're not in control. You're just no. not, right? And I think that sometimes you have your whole life planned out. You have a wedding planned. You have graduation. Your senior year is going to go a certain way. These are the things we're going to do. And sometimes it's just a no. Yeah. For an uncontrollable reason, I'm just going to say that God was like, you know what? Y'all need to slow down. Yeah. Like you see natural disasters Mm -hmm. all across the world, earthquakes, tornadoes, Mm -hmm. tsunamis, which frightened the hell out of me. Right. Because you watched that one movie. Yeah, I do not. Impossible. Want, yeah. <laughs> and then you if have. If you guys are traveling to Thailand you, anytime soon, do not watch Impossible. <laughs> right. Naomi the, Watts. That was crazy. That yeah. was insane. I think I had nightmares for two nights right. about it. And I was just like, what do you do? But I think when you, there's a pandemic. Mm-hmm. Like, I, I don't think I had really understood the word pandemic. I had heard epidemic right. quite often, right? Pandemic is, means the globe. The, yeah, the the, the it, world. It's a global pandemic. Right. Epidemic it, is a region. So, as a world, we share the same problem, which mm-hmm. is so interesting and unique. Right. Like, what That's is a it? what in the world. Yeah, we share the same problem. Right. But we all handled it very, very differently. No matter where you live on earth, it right. was your problem. I was listening to the radio today and they said, India is in a good place. They shut it all down. Mm-hmm. And they're, they're getting to a really good place yep. right now. But obviously here in the United States. We, we are operating we, very differently. We have a certain entitlement of liberty. Right. That, um, and we'll it, get to that in a it, second. Individual, individualization or individuality. What are you saying? Individuality that 
no other country really has. And right. I think that's a powerful thing to understand. And this is why other countries have had a different experience when it mm-hmm. comes to, to COVID. So number one, my lesson, God said no. But here's the yeah. caveat. You ready? I don't think that he actually said no. Like, no, Janelle, you can't have that 2020. I think he said, girl, not right now. So it's a lesson of patience. It's a lesson of patience for yeah. me. He didn't say, no, you couldn't get married if you had a wedding plan. He just said, mm, it's not going to look the same. Yeah. He didn't say, no, you can't graduate from high school. He just said, I'm really sorry, but. It's not going to look like how you yeah. want it to look. Yeah. And so I think patience and acceptance are my number one. And I, I just wish I could gift that like Skittles every day to people because people try to control everything. Right. Yeah. We'll talk more about that in a second. Number two, disruptions are never convenient. Ever. But they're necessary. They are totally necessary. And you learn some of your biggest life lessons in the middle of disruptions, usually far after the disruption has taken place, right? So in 2009, we've shared with you guys before, but in the last recession, we lost everything almost. And that disruption felt really miserable in the moment. Yeah. As we saw the lessons and the grace that was granted to us, it wound up being one of the biggest blessings of our life. So I hope you're not still kind of fighting what's happening because uh, we got 30 days left and I don't think it's going away in 30 days. It's actually getting worse, right? So for 2020, the rest of the year, I'm just going to ask you to maybe look at your disruption, look at all of the things that you've missed out on, all of the ways that you've pivoted and see if you can find any blessings in those. Yeah, and this year, I mean, you can count all the disruptions. Mm-hmm. It's not just COVID, but we, right. we had civil unrest. We had social injustices in this nation. And and those were obviously never convenient. Huge division. Um, but every single time, I think what I looked at was how are we progressing? And so now we're having more conversations about uh, social equality and social justice than ever before. Mm-hmm. We've got uncomfortable conversations with the black man that right. is gone viral. Emmanuel and, Nacho, yeah, I love that. And, and we didn't have that before. Mm-hmm. And I think that this time, this disruption that we've had, especially from the social and the inequalities of justice, mm-hmm. were very different than in the 90s because we saw the same things with Rodney King. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think now with the power of social media, we have seen some things that have progressed mm-hmm. because of it. And so we just, you know, I hope that that continues with this particular disruption, but it's never convenient. Right. It never happens. Like you never sit back and say, God, things are going so good. I'm so prepared for this next problem. Let me just, you know, my preparation for problems are at my highest level right Mm -hmm. now. And I'm ready for this next tsunami that's getting ready to come. I think think that could be the next podcast episode. Prepare for problems. Yeah, absolutely. But it's never going to be a problem that you think it's going to be. And I'm just going to say, can we, for the record, like this, you know, this number is disruptions are never convenient. I hope you really digest that because you're never going to be at a good place in your business if you're a business owner where you're like, okay, I've saved up enough money. I am totally ready for a global pandemic now, people. Right. Bring it on. Uh, No. Said no one ever. Said no one and did no one ever. Like it's just impossible, right? So just know that like disruptions come to teach you a different lesson, whether it's, hey, we're going to pivot your career because we took all of your money and you lost your business. Mm-hmm. Like I, we, I've been there, right? right? Or, hey, remember that thing you wanted to do? Well, you can't do it anymore. So figure out a way to get creative. I, I think there's just so many blessings and I hope that you take some time to kind of figure out 
what all of the disruptions in 2020 have brought to your life. Yeah. And I think that this disruption, this time in this place in 2020, with all of the things that, like all the different businesses that are, like I'm seeing businesses take shape on, on and doing something different, doing mm-hmm. something new. And I think we're going to see an explosion in 2021. A new, lot of businesses, new businesses, lots of creativity. People are buying in a different way. Yep. And I think it's just going to be pretty amazing. I do too. And this is when great things are born, you know, through challenges and adversity. Someone will rise up. Lots of people will rise we up. We will rise up. I just we got will. thrown in there. Okay. <laughs> um, and they'll be game changers Absolutely. and way makers. So number three, this is a doozy for some of you. You're always in control, regardless of how you act, what you think, what you feel, what you're experiencing. Most Things are out of your control, but you are always in control. Now, that's an important distinction because right. people might be go, you just said, I, right. you know, people try to control everything. Most things like a pandemic, like getting a flat tire, like your kid losing their damn mind, like something shutting down, right? Those things are out of your control, but you can always control how you respond. Yeah. And I think that that's huge and liberating and people need to really understand that. Like, most things in life are completely out of your control. But you know what? Out of everything we will talk about on this episode, that one sounds the most simplest and yep. easy. But nobody. But, but no one wants it. <laughs> right. Right. Because in this age where you we want have, to control everything. Well, and also in this age where we, we and, and it's a real thing. There's varying degrees of mental illnesses and struggles that people mm-hmm. have. But the reality comes down to what are you taking control over? And I think a lot of times what I've experienced is that when you tell someone that they have some sort of control, it's almost like it comes off as as an offensive thing. Like you've offended someone for saying, you're telling me I want to feel this way. Mm -hmm. I want to do these things. But the reality is, is that- Uh, Yeah, yeah. I am actually. (laughs) Yeah. And we did a marriage episode on communication. And I will just tell you one of the things we agreed on is that when we got married, like you must be in control of how you act towards me. And I must take full responsibility and be in control of how I act. Right. right. So the rule was don't do stupid shit. You have to apologize for right. because then you would be demonstrating a lack of self-control. And I just said, I'm not attracted to people who don't have control. Right. It's just to me, one of the most simple things you can live in life is like, everything's out of your control except you. Yeah. That's pretty liberating. It is. And I think it it obviously it takes time. So people who are listening to this, if you find that that is foreign to you, if you find that we're crazy or we may not be, we're insensitive to how you're feeling or going through it. I'm telling you, if you put it to practice, if you just practice on focusing on one thing you can control, Mm -hmm. the moment you're in, in that moment, Mm -hmm. the next action you take, the next question you ask yourself, you will find that you will move through things differently than you have in the past if you make it a practice. Mm-hmm. And I think that that is where people struggle with because they have a breakdown of some sort yep. and they mentally feel worn down or they're emotionally worn down. And what ends up happening is that they don't want to practice those things. They give in to the emotion and mm-hmm. they let themselves go. Kind of reminds me of the Will Smith thing though. Like you're giving in to the justification of why you're overreacting or why right. you're responding the way that you are, right? So like, you know, well, if you wouldn't make me so mad, I wouldn't have to lose my mind. Right. Mm, that's you lacking self-control. You're right. 
And so like, I can't do anything. Like if you hit me, which I know that you wouldn't, <laughs> but if you hit me and I just haul off, go crazy on your ass and I wind up inflicting some sort of pain and you call the police on me, I'm going to jail. Why? Because I have to be accountable for my actions. Right. Not yours. You got to be accountable for yours. Right. So that's like a far out example, but it's but the it, truth. Yeah, it is. And it, I guess I'll ask I just is tell this, you, are, are people, if you're listening to this, are you willing to work on something for an entire year so that your responses mm-hmm. around things are better or greater? Would you be willing to do it? Right. Or would you be willing to work on it for two years or three years? Most people are not. Mm-hmm. Most people want quick results. You're told if I'm going to change, I should be able to change right now. If I can't change right now, that means I cannot change. Right. And I think that that's a mistake. So get your life together. Absolutely. And so you don't think we're perfect because we were going on a walk right now and Leslie Martinez pulled up in her minivan, uh, rolled down her window and I almost like stopped you because we were walking up and I was like, this person's going to roll down their window and shoot us. I don't know. <laughs> I just, my mind went crazy, right? So she goes, Janelle Copeland. Oh my God, I follow you. So shout out to Leslie for pulling over while we were on our walk. But we were having the conversation of, her thinking that the people you see on Instagram, they're perfect. They're, we are not, they right. are not right. Right. And so to show you how imperfect I was with this whole notion of you're in control many years ago, before we were married, I had a boyfriend that pissed me off and I slapped the shit out of him. That, wow. Can you even imagine? Like I, I would never even raise my voice at you, let alone like that's the old Janelle, right? So I slapped the shit out of him and he turned around and he said, if I slapped the shit out of you like that, you'd be in jail or I'd be in jail, right? So he would have got arrested. He said, you're no different. You need to learn how to control yourself. And I was like, mother effort, da, 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 da. But he was right. Do you get what I'm saying? Like I had to be accountable for my actions, right? And so I just want to tell you, I am far from perfect but I've come a long way. But he, but he deserved it. <laughs> and he deserved it. But I've learned to control my yeah. emotions. Yeah. And there is literally like nothing that like I have to be in control. Yeah. And, and no one's saying that you're going to be perfect with that. There are times where I get. It's really, a practice. I, yeah. I get really frustrated. And you want to slap the shit out of me? No, no, no. no you no. better not. I never want to slap the shit out <laughs> so of I you. I will send you to jail. <laughs> <laughs> I never want to slap the shit out of you. But there are times where I get like, and it's just, it could be anything. You can mm-hmm. get really frustrated and sometimes you just you just have to have a, the right mental strategy to put yourself in the right place. You know the thing about you, though? This yeah. is my what in the world. You have Jesus-like patience when it's not required or expected. Like, <laughs> seriously, I don't know if you guys got the episode where this woman called Eddie the N-word, and he was just like, I'm going to pray for her, and now I'm going to have to ask you to leave. Like, he was so unfazed by it, and the whole store, all of your employees were like, oh, my God. Like, you exercised this Jesus-like patience to where it was like, you can't possibly be human because how could that not rattle you, right? Right. Conversely, I remember on a 4th of July, we were driving to go to our destination a few years ago and you got pulled over for speeding and you were so upset that on 4th of July, a police officer would pull you over for going 80 miles an hour. And I was like, uh, okay, what, what's wrong with you? Here are the facts. You were speeding and you were like, it's a trap right here. They set me up. I was like, what in the hell is wrong? It took you forever to let that go. Yeah. Do you remember how upset yeah. you were? Yeah. So you perplex me every day. I'm just like, 
why are you upset about this? But you weren't upset about that lady calling <laughs> like you the N word. It's like I, it's like I, I store all of my patience, uh, and you just like let lost loose on it. One yeah. Thing. <laughs> so you're interesting. Well, to me. what's interesting is like before I even became aware of different mental strategies you can have mm-hmm. to get yourself to a place that you want to be. Like when I was a kid, I used to struggle with terrible migraine headaches mm-hmm. because I used to stress about everything, mm-hmm. right? And I had this really, really bad temper. And mm-hmm. it, that temper went I, it went through all of high school. And rage. I, it was like rage temper. Mm-hmm. Like it was So like, see, Eddie's not perfect either. Right. <laughs> but these headaches were so debilitating that that I was like, I knew where they were coming from. Mm-hmm. And so I just had to start really working on not giving a fuck about things. Mm. And then also knowing like what things I can control, what things I couldn't. Mm-hmm. And this is before I even knew about the psychology right. of mm-hmm. all that. But it was because of the pain that I said, I, this is something different. Yeah. I mean, I literally had to be in dark rooms. Right. I just, like, just could not take it. Right. Thank so, God you figured that out because yeah. I don't have a lot of patience <laughs> to deal with that. You need a dark room and like it's yeah, too much. I mean, yeah. and, it, and this just was an inconvenient situation. Right. So. Okay, moving on. Number four, what 2020 has taught us. This one's yours. No matter what, humans need connection. Yeah, and, and I think we value it more than we thought. I think right. if you would have asked me in 2019, do human beings in this age, especially young people, do they value connection? I would say no, mm-hmm. they don't. Social media has made it so that we don't connect anymore. Mm-hmm. We don't necessarily value time with people. Mm-hmm. But now going through this almost a mm-hmm. year actually of COVID and seeing how people like are responding and mm-hmm. how they're finding ways to connect with family. Mm-hmm. They're doing Zoom meetings with their grandparents. Mm-hmm. And I think it's just amazing. But I think it has rejuvenated that human desire to mm-hmm. connect. And I think we have for years devalued it as social media became more and more popular. But it actually is something that people really, really value and they need. Right. Uh, but we're not telling you to to go out there and, and gather. And if you this is coming out after Thanksgiving. So right. if you did a Thanksgiving and you Shame were around you. people. Uh, I hope you, I pray for you. I hope you're safe. So it's interesting because this one could also be called family over everything. Here's yeah. why. Right before we hit record on this podcast, I asked just a quick Facebook poll. You know, what has 2020 taught you? Most people on my poll said that my family is the most important mm-hmm. thing. We may have missed out on lots of important things, but my health, my family's health, my kids, my husband, that's all that ever matters. And so I would just tell you like, that's a really great key takeaway for people, but that shows you the power of just like simple connection. You just need your immediate loved ones. Prior to, you know, us sitting down recording this podcast, we were at Home Depot a little while ago and we were listening to talk radio and all the news about the pandemic. And they said, In spite of stay-at-home orders for most states, 48 million people are traveling for Thanksgiving. No, 48 million people were driving. 3 million people have showed up at TSA to get on the airplane. So we're talking- 78 million people No, it's 3 plus 48, 30,000. No. Your math isn't adding up. 7,800, excuse me. No. 3 million, sorry, 3 million (laughs) plus- 4.8 4.8 million is 7.8 million. Okay. So 7.8 <laughs> million. Yes, not 30 million. 3 million plus 4. I think seven. it's inaccurate. I think it's 48 million. 48 no, million people, people were driving. Right. And 3 million people were flying. 
That's what they said on that radio. It seems like your math is all messed up, but it's okay. Millions of you <laughs> are still going against the stay-at-home orders to go have Thanksgiving, Friendsgiving, celebrate Christmas somewhere. And you know, I get it. I get it. Like family's the most important thing to me too. But we missed out on a Thanksgiving with our family because I couldn't come to grips with the fact that like we have workers here, you know, you leave to go to work. If our family brought something to our other family and I had to sit down with my 96 year old grandmother and tell her, Nana, I think we might have been responsible for giving you COVID. I just wouldn't be able to live with myself. No, nope. Sorry. Nope. 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 So shout out to Megan Leal. She's one of our students. I, I said, what has 2020 taught you in the poll? And she said that dying is a lot easier than I thought. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it's just funny, but it's true, right? Yeah. So that's number four. Human connection oh is okay. important. People are saying that family over everything is what they've learned from 2020. And then number five, we see the world very differently. Yeah. Right? Oh my goodness. We're super divided right I now. I mean, we just went through an election. You know, it doesn't matter who you voted for, but obviously you saw that the nation's pretty split. And, and this is so different because people are like, well, elections are always pretty mm -hmm. split. No, but this is very interesting because like it or not, the president is a very polarizing person. Mm -hmm. And so you tend to find that people see him in one perspective more than they do another. Right. But the reality is, is that we see things completely different. And it is also partly a little saddening, saddening, saddening. And it's also kind of scary because I think that the fact that we see each other so differently, we have not invested in listening to each other at all. And I think that when we are in this environment where people are seeing the world uh, so in such a contrast, what ends up happening is we can't get anything done. And then we don't even look to compromise on anything. And so that's not just politically, that's just as human beings and connections. And so as I look at the, the social media landscape, as I look at the world, people are just painting a very different picture mm -hmm. than one another. And, yeah. and you can take one event and someone will see something totally different. Uh, and we were watching that on the news. We were flipping back to different news stations mm -hmm. and the, how they covered the election mm -hmm. was very, very different. Totally different. The and narratives so The change. narratives change. And all of a sudden, you, you see things that are planting seeds that we feel that could be very, very dangerous. And right. So, but people just, gobble the seeds up, water them, let like, them yeah, manifest. Yeah, like somebody I was talking the other day said, the news keeps feeding fear. And I was like, they do? Mm -hmm. Or are they just reporting the news? <laughs> and so, like, even me and this particular gentleman, we're seeing the world very differently. Mm -hmm. And I was like, I don't know if... Uh, the news can feed fear. But see, I agreed with that. But I, I think, but for me, it's like fear is internal. Yeah. Like, I, well, you got to choose to believe it and then be to fearful. Be afraid of something, mm -hmm. whether you think you have that control right. or not, whether you are afraid of spiders or roller coasters, that fear is internal. Mm -hmm. Fear can't be delivered to you. Is what I'm saying. It's right. like it, someone can't package the perfect amount of fear or, <laughs> or information to scare me. Right. right? And so it's just like to me, it didn't make any sense. I was just mm -hmm. like, and I didn't argue with them, but I was just like, oh, that's interesting that you would say that because mm -hmm. I don't think the reporting on COVID, you know, on the radio mm -hmm. is is feeding fear. But now, I, I will I do say, think that people can paint a narrative. Mm -hmm. 
that can point you in a direction where you're saying, are you, is this something that you're trying to make us afraid of? Right. Is this something that I should be fearful of? Is this something that there's truth to? If so, how do I prepare? Yeah. Like when people say these people are coming to your neighborhood and they're going to terrorize and mm-hmm. vandalize your neighborhood. Right. That's very deliberate. That's very much saying, okay, mm-hmm. you're trying to create a narrative mm-hmm. that could be fear-based. It still takes a person to be a critical thinker to say, are they really? I don't think the bulk <laughs> of the world's critical thinkers. I'm oh, just going to throw no. it out there. People just because, listen to stuff and they just go, oh, that's it. That's the truth. Well, and walk away with it. Case in point would be when the whole pandemic thing was coming out. Don't you think the CDC and the government are like, let's be careful what information we yeah. release because people might go crazy, right? A hundred percent. And people went crazy and they bought all the toilet paper and all the food on the shelves. And then it triggered people like me who were like, dude, you guys need to chill. But now there's no food on the damn shelves, right? Yeah. So I do think that fear is something that comes from the media and people gobble it up. Right. Um, so <laughs> I would agree with him, but I do think you have to be in control of what kind of fear you want to digest. Right. Oh, I just yeah. say no to it. <laughs> I, just, <laughs> I just say no. Well, it's like I drugs. Think, I, think, I think it's important. If you listen to the Bush podcast right now, I think when you get information, when whether it be from the news, uh, radio, whatever it is, a newspaper, whatever, like critically think about it, Mm -hmm. like really take it in and take in a perspective that weighs both sides. And then you come with your own type of uh, perspective on it. But I think we just take a perspective from whatever we hear and we just ride with it. Right. Right. So, you know. So, yeah, that number five, you know, we all see the world differently. I think that could boil down to common sense isn't so common because we don't have a lot in common. I mean, there are lots of things that we have in common, but if you think about how some of our listeners might have been raised, it's probably very different than how we were raised. You and I were raised differently, right? Yeah. You probably grew up in a different neighborhood. You probably ate different things for dinner. Your mom might've been a terrible cook. My mom was a good cook. Like there's so many variations, right? My mom had the news on every night while she was cooking dinner. Your mom might have watched Jeopardy or The Cosby Show or whatever. The point I'm trying to make is it's important to note that there are 7.4 billion people on the planet and we are all experiencing the pandemic in a different way because of how we were raised, because of where we live, because of our beliefs, because of our experiences, because of the things that life has taught us. So I guess my wish for you in the last 30 days of 2020 is to understand that we have a lot in common. We're humans. Mm-hmm. We can we have eyeballs. Most of us have the same limbs, but we have a lot that's not in common. Right. And so I think people need to do a better job of seeking to understand Because if you grew up in an area where you didn't have a lot of black friends, you can't possibly understand what it's like to be a black person in America in 2020. And I think that's the problem. That's That's, the issue I think that we're faced with right now is we have very little understanding. Yeah. But we're very quick to jump to conclusions or form opinions. And I want to just challenge you. You're forming an opinion based on your personal experience. But what if you took other people's experiences into account? Yeah. I think the world would be full of love, which would, it would bring us to healing so much faster. Yeah. And I think that you're absolutely right. Like we have very little understanding, Mm -hmm. but at the same time, people are so angry when they're not understood. Mm -hmm. And 
And on the flip side, they don't do any of the work to try to understand someone else. Right. And so I definitely think that in order for us to make 2021 a year that we can look back and say, wow, we we progressed from 2020, mm-hmm. which was, I think, and we did an episode on this, it was totally exposed. I think 2020 totally exposed the United States of America mm-hmm. for all of its weaknesses and right. strengths. Mm-hmm. But I think a lot of it was opportunities. Like mm-hmm. you can see that there is a divide in our nation when it comes to political divide. There's mm-hmm. a divide when it comes to social and, and racial justice. Mm-hmm. There's a divide on all those fronts. I think there's a divide when it comes to women equality, when it comes to transgender equality, mm-hmm. when it comes to gay rights, all these things. I There's think a divide between between critical thinkers and stupidity. <laughs> I'm not saying people are stupid, yeah. but there's a divide between people who are gobbling up the fear and people who are saying, mm, I'm not going to buy into right. this. There's right? people that are strictly driven by what they believe to be true. Right. And there are people who are driven by... Let me do the research and find out where the facts is on this. And let me think about this before I render a judgment. Like, I think we're really divided on that because when you ask someone why they think something, they go, I just believe it. (laughs) Yeah. I, I, you know, I I just, I believe it's a pandemic, pandemic. And and I go, what what do you mean? Well, how is it? I don't know. I just believe it is. Yeah. Well, just, I I don't know. We can go on and on about what you believe, but. One thing that kind of perplexes me is like we believe that we should be making decisions on abortion. Let's just use that one, right? We believe that the government should be telling you what you should do. Like I can't comprehend that as a woman. Mm-hmm. I'm not quite sure why certain people are saying like, well this this is wrong, so we have to like ban abortions, yeah. right? And I just and, and so someone recently told me, well, um, you know, well, God created life and God doesn't want you to take a life and God this. And I was like, okay, I believe in God, but the, the reality is, is there's a good amount of humans in the United States of America that don't believe in your same God. You realize that, right? Yeah. And this person didn't have anything to say. They were just like, well, this is the right thing. Well, for who? Right. For you. Right. And, well, and that's the part that like, I can't comprehend I don't understand how you can be so convicted in your beliefs around your God, which, by the way, is the same as my God. But I am also smart enough to understand that other people have different gods and other people don't want to believe in God and yeah. to each his own. Right. Right. Well, I, it, it doesn't I, impact you. And I guess the critical thinking part for me goes, well, if God gave us will and gave us freedom to make decisions, then why should we be in a situation where the government is saying mm-hmm. you don't have a decision. You don't have a choice. In right. this. We're going to take that choice away from you. Uh, and so not to get down. Yeah, that's like a whole nother route, thing. But, but I think I think that that's the critical thinking portion mm-hmm. where I go. I, I don't get that. For me, though, it's about the common sense, like common sense to this person is, well, you have to answer to God. Mm-hmm. Common sense to me is not everybody believes in God. Right. Common sense tells me, well, then they have to answer to God. Let, right. them, let that be their deal. Like, <laughs> Why are you carrying deal, that? that? That's not yours to carry, sis. <laughs> right. Put the bag right. down. I don't, don't get it. You don't have to hold on to that. She's not aborting your you know baby. What some people are going to say is, well, then the government's trying to make me wear a mask. See, that's where you got to start critically thinking because that's different. Mm-hmm. To me, that's different. That is 
Be, hey, we're on the planet together. We're on the planet together. Do Don't, something to do, keep me yeah, healthy. Yeah, you, you that that requires other people involved. Right. Now you're talking about a community instead right. of individuals. Totally different than totally me different. having an abortion is different than you being forced to wear a mask. Right now, if abortion, if one person had an abortion and it automatically had four people aborting at the same time, <laughs> oh. now you have a big problem because oh. <laughs> now your abortion is now impacting yeah. everyone else. And so we're not making light of those things. We but, are though. <laughs> but I just want to, be, but that's how my brain works. It's just I don't like, know why that was so funny to me because it's so morbid. It's bad. You having an abortion just it aborted four every, other. Yeah. And so that to me is the only I way. I shouldn't be laughing at this. That's the only way that it's similar to wearing a mask. And mm-hmm. so it's important because we just want to, like we're off on a tangent right now, but Someone right now is listening to this and they're and saying thoroughly disagree. Yeah, totally. And that's and okay. I'm saying that's okay. That's fine. Because I thoroughly disagree with your idea that, you know, your religious that we should tell everybody should what to do based on your religion. Everyone else, yeah. right? We have Muslim friends. Right. And Buddhist so, friends. We have friends that are atheists. And here's the thing. We can say that mm-hmm. and still not condone it for yeah, ourselves. Right. And that's the key thing. Like it's important for people to say hey, you know what? I don't necessarily condone it for myself. Right. And I'm not saying that's my position, but mm-hmm. I'm saying, but people should be I don't able have to make to a make choice. It, I don't have what I condone or my values to be your values right. as well. And one and of I our think, daughters said that. She said, personally, I would never have an abortion no matter what, but I do believe that people should be able to make their own choices. It's their bodies. Right. Uh, amen, sis. Right. That's obviously we're giving you our opinion, but- That's the point of this is like everybody's different and we need to come together more to just be more understanding of the fact that you weren't raised like me. You might likely might not have the same beliefs or ideals that I have. Right. So why am I force feeding you what I think is right? Right. It's wrong. Stop it. Yeah. It's like saying, you know what? For now on, because of my beliefs, people should not be able to have sex before marriage. And we're going to make that against the law. Yeah, that's actually that's the that's same, yeah. the same mm-hmm. thought process. Like, because and that's what I'm talking beliefs. about for critical yeah. thinking. Like, mm-hmm. you get down these places where people have very distinct cognitive dissonance. Like, you say one thing and then you believe another thing, but it contradicts everything right. else. And you just go, "Hey, those two thoughts don't actually yeah. go together." You know that, right? Yeah, because you can't say that but not be also saying this. Right. So it's well, people just, are not being challenged like that. Right. So if you know somebody like that, share the push podcast with them. <laughs> Listen, if this episode served you in any way, please take 30 seconds to leave us a review. Uh, it means the world to us. It helps us know what you guys like and show up for you every week with better content. Thank you so much. Happy early holidays. Let's finish off the year strong. Peace. Thank you for listening to the Push Podcast. Hey, we want to hear from you. So if you have a question or there's a particular topic that you want us to tackle and you want us to help you push through, you got to do something for us. You got to go to Apple Podcasts and you got to leave a rating and a review. And in that review, go ahead and leave that question with your Instagram handle so that we can shout you out when we actually answer the question. And we'll talk about that on the podcast and make sure that, hey, this particular podcast is made for you. So leave a rating, leave a review. You leave your handle and until next time push through